Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of the Marketing Matters Podcast. This week we are going to talk about the rise of the webcast. And the thing that's really got us thinking about this is that it's often said that when seismic shifts in society or whatever happen... it. Sorry, can I just interrupt a minute? I think you, you've missed the most important thing, and that is that we have taken the decision to... So, hi, it's David here. We've taken the decision that we are both sitting suitably socially distanced, I might say back in Glossop Gasworks because we are back in the office. We are back in the office and yes he's right I did sort of launch into it there but yeah we're, we're back in the office and I think both of our attitudes has become that we need to get back to normal and uh, and I think as part of that getting back to normal we should start to reintroduce the Glossop weather forecast uh, because the weather has, seems to be stating the same as today in Glossop it is raining which is much more normal than the glorious sunshine we've been having for the last last couple of months. But, but to be fair I have to I really don't care because because I have escaped my cellar office and I am now working in daylight. So the fact that it's slightly grey daylight is still daylight. Yeah, unlike most people who spent the last two weeks in the garden, like my neighbour, who's now looks like he's been in the, the Mediterranean for the last two weeks, David looks pale and interesting. as someone who's been sat in a cellar for the last As two normal. Weeks. Anyway... Enough of the chit-chat, back to what we were talking about. And as I was was saying, situations like this tend to to give birth to innovation. And I guess the one innovation that has really seems to have come of age in, or one technology that has come of age in, in this situation, has been sort of video, remote video meetings. And in a marketing world, that tends to present itself in the form of webinars. And we've been talking about webinars, and we've decided we don't really like from a marketing context the word webinar we prefer webcast and the reason that we like webcast is because as we'll discuss later it puts the emphasis on the content which we think if you're talking about using video as a media for live sort of marketing presentations the content is still very very much important but the fact is that webinars and and web meetings have been around for a while but now everybody's using them. You look at the share price of people like Zoom and it's gone through the roof. And, you know, everybody, both people delivering and people consuming web video has really seems to have come of age. So we think that maybe now is a good time to start talking about how this should be uh, responsibly added to a marketing mix. So, David, you often have opinions on on these sort of things. So what are your thoughts on this subject? Well, I think it's, as, as you say, that it, it often we do need a kick up the backside as a society sometimes to move out of, move from one position to another. And there's no doubt that the general sense of, of separation that the pandemic has instilled has been assisted somewhat by remote meetings, remote conferences and through video. And I, and it, I think it's interesting that I have a view and that... If, on that subject, I think if I have to do one more Zoom quiz, I shall, uh, I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> They're all right. They're all right. Um, but the key is not to win them because it seems if you win them, you've got to do them next time. That seems to be the model. Uh, yes, I know. Uh, anyway, I, th- I think I always believe that the key with technology is that bottom line, it should be invisible to the user because I think I, I've, I've said before that that often technology gets put on a pedestal as, as this great fantastic thing. And actually, the best technology is technology that we don't really notice because We just use it and it just works. And I think it it takes me back to a couple of years ago when I had decided that I think exploring the idea of video meetings and particularly looking at Skype then would be a good idea. And after 
two or three months and having testing it for perhaps half a dozen times, I actually gave up because the, the technology was not invisible. It ended up that most meetings that we tried to have over, over Skype ended up to some extent, you spend half your time trying to make the technology work mm. and you don't get on with doing the job you're trying to do. And, and so it was really interesting when you, with this time, and I'd heard of Zoom but never used it, and pretty much from the off over the past three or four months, I've used Zoom a lot now, and it does just work. Okay, you have the odd glitch, but fundamentally you can switch it on and get on with whatever it is you're trying to do. And I think as we're talking about webinars and webcasts, which which add another, another layer to the whole process, it's the same, that mm. it's not about, oh, I've got a fantastic webcast system, therefore everybody's got to, from a technological point of view come and use it it's about you want a webcast system that as i say is virtually invisible that as far as the attendees are concerned their value comes not from being able to stare at their screen actually it's quite hard work but the value comes from the content that they're being getting access to and they can only get access to that content if the webcast process is very simple and just works and yeah, i think and, that's critical yeah. and i think you're, you're right one of the issues in the past has always been the video quality which seems to be much improved but it's also about from a user's point of view they shouldn't need to be bothered whether the person who is delivering it whether they're using zoom or teams or skype or whatever it may be whatever the, t the technology that's being used should be completely invisible to the person they should just get a link uh, we say click on and they're part of the meeting and okay the only technologies they've got to be responsible for is their own sort of sound and, and video and and with a lot of these things even that is is less important if as uh, for an attendee but David's absolutely right I, I totally agree I think the first thing is that the content no, sorry the, the technology has to be invisible the, the other thing that really s struck me when I was thinking about this was that historically I mean webinars and I use the word advisedly there they've been around for a while and people particularly in technology companies people have been using webinars but principally they are used or have been used as a sales tool and I was just talking to uh, our telecoms provider just before this so hi Peter I said I'd give you a mention so Peter Savick of, of Plum Communication does a great job for us but yeah I was talking to him and he was saying about the fact that he'd been to a webinar which on the face of it was very interesting but at the end it turned out that all it was was a sales tool for a wider course that these people were offering and it left a sort of a sour taste in his mouth and I think that's something that traditionally that's the way the webinar has been used. It's been we've got we're using this and we market it really well, but ultimately it's just an advert for, for our what we're doing. And I think one of the things that the opportunities created here is the web technology has become more uh, ubiquitous. The idea of doing webcasts, and I use the word webcast because it focuses on the content, can become a really good tool for delivering a message that builds your brand. But to do that, the focus has got to be not on selling what you're trying to sell to them during the, the presentation. It's about how the content and what you're delivering actually enhances your brand and how the content you're delivering actually demonstrates to people what value you add in the broader context of, of, of the market. Yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd draw another distinction as well, and, and that is that you talked, Duncan, about Zoom and everybody being responsible for their own video and, and audio and what have you. But I think my experience is that in your if I can call it such a thing as a traditional Zoom meeting where it, every man for himself, everybody, everybody's talk, everybody can talk. It's very much a multi-way conversation. Then once you get more than about 
10 or a dozen people, it starts to get more difficult. And I think that that's fine. But I think that the traditional marketing webinar is more like a webcast where you kind of want to get as many people as possible to listen to your message. And I would, and, and again, I would, this is where I perhaps draw the distinction and say a webcast is something where uh, you get an audience of people that can be, it can run quite reasonably run into hundreds, if not more, where there is one or more speakers who are presenting and it's a much more one-way conversation a one-way communication which clearly in that scenario it is essential that the information that's being communicated the presentation has real value for the audience and if all you're doing is trying to sell things to people you are not going to build a good reputation whereas conversely if you can build a good reputation for delivering real value then it has it has great potential but even if it is a one-way conversation, I, you're doing a presentation, it's essential that you have mechanisms to allow people to ask questions and that you can manage that process because it's potentially quite difficult to make sure that everybody who wants to can have their voice heard, but at the same time that it doesn't just become a free-for-all and it, and it has control. So I think there are there are some, some, some ways of handling these things, some, some etiquette that is being developed, but I think it, one needs to differentiate differentiate between the Zoom meeting, just the, rem the remote video meeting, and the webcast where you are communicating information which hopefully is of value, yeah. where you need to make sure, I talked earlier about seamless invisible technology, that's critical there because people want to just be able to consume the content but they need to be able to make comments, ask questions, as appropriate within the framework of yeah. the of the event, and I and I think that's a, a very good point. I mean, we you, the, people talk about the multi-screen generation and the idea that people will be watching TV or watching something on a screen while at the same time doing something on their phone or interacting on their phone. And I think that's something as well that the sort of the web technology webinar or webcast technology really enhances because if you organise it right, you can have the speaker presenting the content but at the same time you have a team of, of a person or a team of people around him who has communication through or maybe her. web or her through web chat but also can engage with the audience uh, with with the attendees at the accepting questions telling them that yeah we'll get to that question at a point or that's a good question or you can allow people to see the questions and make make decisions on which ones they want to see answered or not you can create that level of engagement uh, as a, a sort of a second stream of communication alongside the main sort of messages coming from the speaker and I think the key is to make sure that you've got the infrastructure in place to make sure that the speaker can con can concentrate on what they're doing and delivering their message in a professional way and that you have other people around to sort of ra wrangle and manage the audience so it does you know the technology is it has some downsides in terms of compared to face to face but it also has some upsides as well and i think it's about making sure that you make the most out of that technology and also not accepting that you know, maybe what's good for the webcast is not necessarily the right thing for the the audience interaction and the idea of using different tools for different things i mean we're, we're involved in a, a project with a client where we're doing just that at the moment i mean, don't want to say a little bit about that or whether it's a bit early or... no i think i th i think other than say we've been we've gone from zero to hero we a week ago there was no system we now have a fully functioning commercial paid for 
webcast system online, which um, everybody's very happy with, and it's it's a good system. But but the interesting thing there is that we talked a lot about how should we deliver it, and we talked about whether we should use Zoom or Teams or whatever. And ultimately, we came up with the solution we came up with was a dedicated web broadcasting system for the actual content of the because that was where we could control the the, the brand and and make sure it looked professional. But then to to pull in another technology to deal with all the the sort of the infrastructure and Q and A and web chat and whatever that can be used alongside of that. So not just thinking uh, we'll take the easy route of Zoom because it's got everything, and actually looking at what are the best tools for each individual element of and and that may make it more complicated from a delivery point of view. But it goes back to this thing about making it the best possible experience for the, the attendees. Yeah, and I, th- I think it was it was also. It- it's interesting as a project because the most important element of the project has been agreeing and deciding what the process is that we're trying to deliver and then using the technology and, and making the technology work the way we want it to rather than it being a technology project. Mm. And I think it's whether it's it's this sort of thing or obviously this is all web-based anyway and it's true of many, many uh, website projects the same that, that they are seen as a, a techie project to build a technical website and no the technology is just the means to the end and and I, I know we've talked about this before but the most important thing is the content and the marketing message and the the quality of information and the value that's being delivered to your target audience and and I think as well uh, we will see but I I, I think we've uh, we've built a, a system here that that is very much focused on delivering quality content in a seamless and one might almost say invisible way. Yeah, and and I think another an interesting thing there is obviously the value of the content here is being measured by it is a paid for webcast. People are paying to uh, access it. But I think from a wider marketing perspective, uh, I think there are there are certain circumstances where not necessarily going to be the case. And actually, what where the value comes from in the webcast is from the enhanced presence you get and the enhanced exposure you get to your market. And I'm, I'm I'm thinking of a, an example where maybe your, the service you're offering may not be suitable for delivering and, and getting people to pay for access to your expertise. But actually, the fact that you can you have access to experts in your field and you or you you have ac- expertise in your field, the fact that you can deliver that to a marketplace and sort of engage with your marketplace through something like a webcast will allow you to build that brand and to to build your engagement with your market. And as long as that market are the right people who are likely to want to buy your wider services, then it still delivers incredible value, even though they're not, you may be delivering it as a a free service. I guess what I'm trying to say, maybe not very cleverly, is that don't just think I need to have content that people will pay to consume. It's about saying I need to have content which people value and so that value is is bringing the right people in that are going to basically deliver value to me because they're the right people who are going to potentially buy. In essence, it, it's it's another tool that can be used as part of your business model, and it's mm. a question of, you know, I come back to the old planning thing. It's it's what is your plan, and and how does this this tool or these tools fit into your plan and where do they fit into your plan in in terms of you having a successful business 
Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Um, and, and I think the, 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 the final point I, I think it's worth making was another one that came out of my conversation with Peter. Uh, he was saying that on another uh, webinar we've been to, he was being told this one was about social media marketing. And it was it, the, the person on the other end was saying, oh, yeah, if you're going to get involved, you need to be using Instagram and you, you, need, you need to use video. And I think there, are, there were people out there saying you need to use webcasts or webinars. And I think the answer that I would say to that is don't just use it just because you can actually look at it and say is this a tool given the fact that now people are engaging with webinars and webcasts is this a tool that actually if I start to use it it will enhance my brand and add value to what I've got to offer and if it does then use it but use it intelligently don't just use it because uh, someone's told you you need video you need webcasts unless you've got content that actually benefits from that technology then I would say you're doing it from for completely the wrong reasons. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's it is absolutely the as we've again we've said several times previously, these are all just tools, and it's about which tools are most appropriate for your business, and also which tools are most appropriate for you. Mm. Don't force yourself to do something you don't want to do. It reminds me of a story a guy I knew uh, a few years ago who was it, unfortunately it wasn't me, but he was talking with a, a, a marketing consultant friend of mine about how he was going to build his business and, and which what what advertising channels were best and. They, they did some fairly basic analysis of of where his business came from, and out of out of this analysis came a very very clear picture that all his good deals were done on the golf course. Mm. He loved playing golf. <laughs> he mixed with the, his his audience on the golf course, uh, and actually the way he he was able to engage with his with his customers and his prospects while playing golf worked very well for him. Yeah. And he just hadn't even realized it at the time. So just because somebody is saying, here, I've got this fantastic new webinar tool, webcast tool in my in my box, and I think you, you've got to use it because it's the latest and greatest thing. No, just it's your business. You, you sit back and think, actually, do I think it's going to work for me? If I think it's going to work for me and I want to explore it, then fine, explore it. But in the context of your business, not in the context of it's the great thing that's going to fix my problems. Yeah, and quite often the fact that you really enjoy do, doing something is not a good reason not to do it. You know, you, there's a, a business often the things you enjoy doing are things that can work really well as, as marketing tools because you'll be enthusiastic about them and you'll keep doing them. So I think that's probably a, a good point to finish. But we'll just, we'll sort of, as we do, we're sort of leading out of these, we always try and come up with some ideas as to what you should be doing or if this has resonated with you. So David, what's your first takeaway? I think that undoubtedly the whole principle of remote communication by video whether it's through zoom uh, zoom sort of one-to-one or in small groups or whether it's by webcast in a more formal sense has had a big boost as a consequence of of the the pandemic and the lockdown and i talking to a lot of people it will be continuing however things shake out so i think i do um invite you to explore how it might work for you but having said that i think be very careful not to have any of these technologies sold to you you need to look at it in terms of the context of your business and what you're trying to achieve and it's it is not the panacea for everybody but i think it has a lot of potential for everybody when it's used properly yeah and i think just to sort of carry on from that think about what you're trying to achieve and how how you would like to achieve that and what you're trying to deliver and then look at the technologies and say what technology is is right for that and the other thing i would say is i think 
in this circumstances, some people would say production values don't matter. And if you look at the TV over the last two months, it's all been people using their webcam always seem to be sat in front of, of uh, their bookcases. And I think and they'd say production values don't matter. I would disagree. I think that production values really do matter. And actually, if you're going to uh, deliver a high-value product that is supporting a high-value brand, then you need to have something that has good production values, that has got good lighting, where, where the camera work is good. And you might have to get a professional involved with that. It may be that in other circumstances, then somebody in front of a webcam will do the job. And I think, But I think it's about thinking about what, it, what message you're trying to get across and making sure that you are using the most appropriate technologies and the most appropriate sort of production values for that brand yeah and i think you know over over the past two or three months how often have we seen interviewers on tv get distracted by interesting knickknacks that happen to be on the shelf behind the person they're interviewing and and i think you know used used appropriately it can it can add something to the, to the whole experience but if you're not careful it, it can destroy the message that you're trying to yeah. uh, the the message that you're trying to give and the content that you're trying to uh, communicate so these things do matter absolutely so on that point i think we shall leave it and as with all of these things if you found this interesting and you want to listen to some other of our podcasts you'll find them on podcast.bsamarketing.com you'll also find posts in a more traditional format written posts on our our website bsamarketing.com you'll also find us on social media predominantly on twitter and linkedin at bsamarketing.com so uh, until next time i will, will say goodbye and happy marketing bye for now We'll